Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Well, how about 814 today? Was that awesome? Man, I was over at the Eastside party. Hot dogs, hamburgers, kids having fun. Man, it was just a great time. Well, how's Elevate this morning? You doing good? My name is Mike Sheffield. We are starting a new series this week called Ignite. I love this series. This is so awesome. It's an honor to be here with you this morning. What we have this week and next week, we have eight people who are going to share their stories about what God has done in their life. So I want to invite you to lean in, take notes, don't be afraid, and uh, interact with them. It's okay to holler. It's okay to shout. It's okay to clap. Come on. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're just believing that God is going to do something in someone's life this morning, today, right now. So lean in and get to it. Because our first guest, she is so awesome. I I love just hanging with her to just pray. Okay? Just to be honest, we have spent time praying together about whatever, just talking to her, and her story is so awesome. And she's a Steelers fan. Would you please welcome our first guest, Aaron Staff. Good morning, Elevate. Good morning, good morning. So if you don't know some of my story, I got saved. I asked Jesus into my heart when I was about eight years old. And I have been a Christian ever since, but that doesn't mean I was living Christ-like the whole time. Um, I kind of Things shifted a little bit when I got into middle school, high school, and I had some some trauma that happened to me. And it was at that time that I felt like um, I needed to try to find some type of an escape. And instead of, like, drawing into Jesus, I drew into a keg. (laughs) So I had my first drink. um, And unfortunately for me, once I picked up a drink, I couldn't stop drinking. For 26 years, I lived kind of like a double lifestyle. I mean, I would come to church and praise and pray and read a scripture every once in a while. Um, but I also was living this totally different life where I, I, I was not who God intended for me to be. And it was um, a few years back that I was laying in my bed one night, and I had gotten to the point emotionally and spiritually that I was like the walking dead. I was a shell of a person. I was slowly killing myself physically and spiritually. It was a long, slow death. And um, I laid in my bed one night and I said, God, I don't understand. Like you said you would be close to us. You said you'd never leave us, but I feel like I'm completely alone. I could be in a room with hundreds of people or in the bar like, woo, you know, and go home and feel like I was empty completely. I don't understand, where are you? And I very clearly heard the whisper, you have made alcohol your God. Until you give that up, you will be alone and you will continue to be alone because you, that, you've made that more important than me and your relationship with me. Unfortunately, it took a little bit more time, but later on that year, I had my last drink and I have been sober ever since. Thank you. Amen. That is definitely something... But, un, but, uh, but, but it wasn't all that easy. It's not like freedom was just like a one-and-done deal for me. Um, I admitted I was an alcoholic, and the next morning I woke up, and there was tears running down my face. I wasn't even awake yet. And I'm like, what is going on? And I realized that I was like, I was saying to myself, who cares? Who cares if you're an alcoholic? Who cares if you drink? So you had a couple, you get in a couple bar fights, big deal. You know, it is what it is. 
No. <laughs> I, I, I heard, I heard him, I heard, I heard, I heard the Lord say to me very clearly, like, normal people who don't have a problem don't cry over a bottle, right? They don't cry over losing. They fill themselves up, especially calling myself a Christian. I fill my, myself up with him and with the Holy Spirit, but I was not doing that. So I ended up completely, totally sacrificing and giving it over to God. And, but it's not just one time. I do it every morning. Every morning I wake up and I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for breathing the breath of life into me. Thank you that today is a gift. That today is a gift, and it's not what I want to happen today. It's what you need to happen. And am I perfect at this? Absolutely not, because I'm still human, right? And I think that, um, but God meets me where I'm at. So there's been a lot of stuff that has happened since I got sober in 2020. Well, I'll just do a little rundown real quick. My mom has, uh, was in 2019, in one weekend, my mother was diagnosed with a terminal heartbreaking um, condition, my father was put into a home. I lost my car. I lost my job. And my son was going in and out of the hospital at this point. This was all in one weekend. And I was like, God, come on. You know, I'm seriously trying to do what I'm supposed to do. And I feel like I'm, somebody's trying to break me, which was the enemy. But he can't win. Amen. So in, in 2020, my dad passed away, who was one of my spiritual mentors. And I'm, he got to see me sober, right? And he... And my dad may not remember it because he died with dementia, but I do. And Jesus knows, right? So um, God still blessed me even in that storm. And later on that year, God gave me the man who was my best friend. And we got married in August of 2020. God knows how many days are in his book, right? So unfortunately, in November of 2021, I lost my husband. He died in our home. And the day that he died, I sat there in that same room where I got on my knees and said, God, I can't do this anymore and stop drinking. And I, I, gave, I surrendered it again. And I said, God, I don't know what you're doing here, but I know you do. Because he says, you might not understand what I'm doing here, but I do. Soon you will know. And so I said, God, I don't know what you're doing here, and I don't understand it, but just use it. See, what the enemy brings for evil, then Jesus can use for good. And in my life... I've been asking him since to use me before he passed away. We had been praying together that God would soften my heart and that God would use our story. We were actually praying for God to break us, which is a very dangerous prayer, by the way. Um, um, and we did. And so I ended up ever since then, I've been trying to do things. Well, life still comes. This past spring, I have been challenged in many ways. I've been living in a, a Fear, if I'm honest, fear. Fear and faith cannot be in the same place, but fear happens, right? So I have to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And so I kept giving it over to God and giving it over to God, but I had lost my voice. I was also in a, what I would like to say, a, a vulnerable, unhealthy mindset, to say the least. And I was like, God, I don't, I, I don't want to get far from you ever again. I never want to feel the way I did before. I ended up losing my voice. My sister's like, wow, Satan's really trying to steal your voice, which is extremely difficult if you know me. <laughs> Just saying. She's a talker. So, I, um, <laughs> so I'm waiting for these, these results to come back to find out if, if these lumps in my neck are malignant, right? And we, we're so excited. We're standing upstairs. We're like wanting to pop cannons because it's negative. The test results are negative and there's no malignancy. 
Yeah, we were very excited. Everybody who I know and love were praying, and the, but, but, but the still small voice, which I know is the Holy Spirit, was like, take care of it. And other women who were Christians were like, I feel like you should take care of this. So when the surgeon said, you don't have any imminent need to get surgery right now, I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to take care of it. See, I'm quiet enough that I was not just praying for things, but I'm being still and letting the Lord talk to me to the best of my ability. I'm human, but it happens if we listen. Three days later after the surgery, they called and they said, you did indeed have cancer. That was in June. So they took half of my thyroid, and you would think that I would be like, again? You know, come on, isn't my heart soft enough? And I was tired, if I'm honest. I was tired. But God... Because the first thing I did when they hung up the phone is I was like, thank you, Jesus. And I'm sober. I'm taking care of myself. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm listening to you when you speak to me. Thank you, Jesus, that you have people in my life that pray over me, prayed me here, and prayed for healing directly over me physically and when they were away from me because it's not anywhere else. The margins are clear, and I need no more treatment. Jesus healed me in that very moment. If there's one thing I have found through my life, these periods of different trials, I know that when I praise him, he heals me on many levels, many levels. The last thing I want to say is on Wednesday, I came to church for worship, and I had not intended on coming. I wasn't feeling very well emotionally, spiritually, (laughs) physically, and I came anyways. When I was 11, I got baptized, and I can't even tell you what the pond was I got baptized in. It was, it was, um, it, baptism should be a, you know, um, symbolic and spiritual experience. It was symbolic when I was 11, but Wednesday night, that was a spiritual experience. I felt compelled to ask to be baptized in that moment and I'm telling you God has washed not just sin but he's also healed me on so many levels I know I walked out of this room with confidence knowing that no matter what comes at me God's right there with me he's not just next to me he's carrying me through it So as long as I stay, I reach for my Bible, I reach out to other Christians, and I put my faith and trust in him. I know he's going to continue to carry me no matter what comes at us. Thanks for letting me share. Come on, come on, come on, come on. But God, but God, shout it, but God, but God. My goodness. We're just getting started. I'm fired up already. Oh, you might need this. There you go. By the way, <laughs> we kind of set this up WWE style too. You notice when they come out, they got their own entrance music. Some of them know what it is. Some of them don't know what it is. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Our next, uh, our next speaker, um, he and I, um, we connected about a year ago. And just through that year, we've come, become really close friends. And he's one of those guys that I have in my circle. And by the way, you should have friends in your circle that you can call in a time of need for whatever. Hey, I need you to pray for me. I've got this going on. Can I pray for you? Can I help you? Does your family need anything? This is the connection that this guy and I have made, and we're in the process now of creating something here in Elevate under the direction of Pastor Colby, Freedom Groups. How many needs a little more freedom in your life? 
So be listening for that in the coming weeks. But this guy, his wife, Shana, she, uh, she's part of the worship team. And yeah, woo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some great kids, great family. Uh, I'm just so honored to call him friend and brother in Christ. Would you please, please make welcome with me, Ethan Armstrong. All right. Song. There we go. Oof. Yeah. Can't believe you just put that song on there. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to start it out with asking everybody a question. And if I could get some participation, that'd be great. So raise your hand if you can answer this question. Have you ever had someone in your life who has broken their promise to you? 100% participation. We're off to a good start. I like it. See, it could be a friend, a family member, a coworker, just somebody in your life. You know, there's that, that buddy that you tell to show up at 5, and he's, he shows up at 6 o'clock every single time. You know, I, I think it's safe to say or safe to assume that at, at some point in our lives, we've all had somebody who's broken their promise to us. And let's be honest, though, like in this world that we live in, this, this broken, sin-filled world, can we really expect anything less? But the problem and my concern is that we take these expectations of broken promises and we begin to project them onto God. We start to make assumptions that no one can be perfect and no one can keep their word all the time. And unconsciously, we begin to assume these same things of God. But that's just not the truth, is it? The truth is that our God is alive, that he cares for us and that he does keep his word. You see, in Psalms, 91, it says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. For he acknowledges my name, I will protect him. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. You see, recently my family and I were able to experience this truth, although not in the greatest of circumstances, but we were still able to see that God is alive and he does keep his promises. In April of this year, about 160 miles from our home, we're driving down Route 80 and we run into a, a sudden blizzard and we hit black ice and we slid across the highway and we were in a vehicle accident. And side note, you know you're in Pennsylvania when you can say you ran into a blizzard in April, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but, you know, if we could just freeze that moment in time and as we're, as we're sliding, you know, towards the side of the road. And, and I just I remember hearing my kids crying in the back and screaming in fear. And I remember looking at my wife. It's like a still frame in my mind of just seeing the fear in her eyes and, and battling the fear on the inside of myself. But almost simultaneously, we both just cried out the name of Jesus. Now, let me, let me remind you real quick what we just heard in Psalms. It says, because he loves me, I will rescue him. For he acknowledges my name, I will protect him. What name? The name of Jesus. There's so much power in the name of Jesus. Amen. It says, he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. But how is it that we got here? Not, not here on the side of the road here, but how is it that in this moment of, of turmoil and tragedy that our first response was to call out the name of Jesus. Because it's, it's so easy, like, 
like Aaron and all the circumstances in our life, it's so easy to just get angry and blame God and just say, God, how would you let this happen in the first place? But my answer to that is, again, we live in a sin-filled, broken world. But thank God, despite that fact, he shows up and he allows us to live with him. So this brings me back to my first point is, is what kind of wrong thinking are we projecting on God and, and how do we get rid of it? Well, it says in Romans 4, 20 and 21 that Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but he had strengthened in his faith. He was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. So Abraham didn't waver in his faith but he was fully persuaded that God was going to do what he had promised. So again, I'll ask you, when was the last time in your life that you were fully persuaded 100% about anything, especially the word of God? You see, it takes faith to become fully persuaded and not just blind faith, it takes built faith. It takes time in the word. It says Abraham was strengthened in his faith. So how do we go about strengthening our faith in, like Abraham did, Ethan? Well, I'm glad you asked that because it says in Romans, a little further down in 1017, it says, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the more that we hear the word of God, the more that our faith is built. So we need to be spending time in the word. We need to be reading our Bible. We need to be coming to church and listening, not just attending. We need to be going to small groups like what Chef was talking about. We need to be discussing God. You need to be in a small group. You need to be surrounded with people who believe the word of God. So we do all these things and we continue to strengthen our faith and we take these steps towards becoming fully persuaded. Well, what's next? What's next is that we need to take that faith and we need to put it into action. The word says faith without action is dead. So one of the ways that we put our faith into action is we, we believe in it and we speak it over our lives. We speak it over our children before they go to bed for, for blessing and protection. We speak it over our family for, for unity and direction. We speak it over our, our pastors that they can come and preach the word and truth and authority. We speak it over this church so that people would come and get introduced to Jesus and that their lives would be forever changed. So with all of these things, we continue to speak the word. And as we're speaking the word, we're also hearing the word. And so our faith is continuing to be built. And so for the last 13 years of my life, this is a practice that I've been doing. And amidst many ups and downs in my walk with God. But you better believe in that moment as we're about to slide off the road that I thank God that I spent that time strengthening my faith in him. That at that moment, when I cried out his name, that I was fully persuaded that he would show up. And, and he did. Now, I would love to say that an angel came and stopped the vehicle, but no, we, we launched off the road sideways going 70 miles an hour. And we rolled two times. Now, amidst the broken glass and, and the, the cries of, of terror of my children, I just remember thinking to myself, thank you, God, that we are alive, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that I believe in you, Lord, and that you will show up, and he did. Not only did we 
only roll twice. We didn't roll three times. We didn't roll four times, but we landed on our tires. We didn't land on the side. We didn't land on our roof. So I was able to pull my family out of that car. All five of us got out of that car with barely a scratch on us. But do you know what I love about God? In his word, it says that he will do exceedingly above and beyond all that we can ask or think. You see, not only did he, he protect us and rescue us and deliver us, but he also honored us. And you see, out of the hundreds of thousands of cars traveling down Route 80 that day, one truck stopped. And it, coincidentally, the, the bed of that truck was completely empty. So we were able to take all of our belongings out of that totaled vehicle and put them in the bed of that truck. And coincidentally, he had an extended cab that was also empty. So I was able to get my family out of the snow and into the back of his truck. And coincidentally, he offered to take us anywhere we wanted to go. And coincidentally, as we're driving down the road, I asked that man where he was from, and he responded with a question. Had you ever heard of a town called Fairview, Pennsylvania? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't believe in coincidences. You see, 160 miles from home, in the middle of a blizzard, thank you, Pennsylvania, out of the hundreds of thousands of cars on the road that day, God chose to stop the one man who works two minutes from my house. Our God is alive, and he is so good, and he keeps his promises. Thank you, everybody. Are you noticing a theme here, folks? His name is Jesus. 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 Just say Jesus. Go ahead. Jesus. Shout it, Jesus. In the middle of your circumstance, in the middle of your, your situation, Jesus shows up. They were rowing in a vehicle, and they both just said Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. This is Ignite. This is what it's about. Somebody in here is going through something, maybe a similar situation. And these folks have been through it, and, and, and God has brought them through. And hopefully, you feel that nudge to say, I need more of Jesus. I need more of Jesus. So that brings us to our next guest. Oh, I am, she is so, so awesome. She's been married to her high school sweetheart for 30 33 years, 35 years. Who's counting? Who's counting? Who's counting? She is just a blessing. I love her so much. Annalie Paisley. I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in here. I'm trying to contain myself, but... Yes, indeed. I want to continue to ignite your faith by encouraging you to let allow your faith to be ignited. Allow your faith to be ignited. I know we're all Steelers fans, but I wanted to say to myself, King Jesus rocks. Like, King Jesus, you rock. You rock, King Jesus. That's, that's who we want to kick that goal for. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith, church, and not by sight. And he is our staying power. 
He is our staying power. He's been my staying power for 34 years. Yes, I've been married to my high school sweetheart for 34 years. I say most of all my life. Like, I think since we were three, we've been together. <laughs> yes. We, the trying of our faith does work patience. The trying of our faith works patience. And we want to count it all joy. James 1 and 3 says to count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations. Like, laugh at it. When we fall into two things where the Lord we know is going to get us out of it. He's going to get us out of it. So we can, we can laugh and be excited about, Lord, I'm in debt, but Father, if I keep paying my tithes, you're going to get me out. <laughs> yes. You're going to get me out of this. Amen. Amen. Knowing this, that the trying of our faith works patience, but let patience, let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, complete in Jesus, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. Amen for your word, Father God. Now in Romans 15, 13, it says, Now the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace and believe that you may abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us strength and he gives us power. We thank you, Lord, for that. We praise you, God, for that. Let your faith be energized as you live in your daily lives. Let your faith through your circumstances be energized because of once again, you're going to remind yourself that the trying of your faith is going to work your patience. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, and lean not into your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and the Lord will direct your path. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you. Um, I do have four adult children and uh, each of those children love Jesus and they are, have a relationship in their own way um, with the Lord. And um, I praise God for them, um, uh, two, four powerful beings that are touching their world in, in each way that they touch their world. And I thank the Lord for that. We want the Lord to open the eyes of our hearts and to continue to incline our ears to him. We allow the Holy Spirit to, to comfort and guide us in our daily living and bring us into all truth. The truth of his word that he gives us daily. Lord, we thank you, we praise you for everything that you're going to do in our lives. We thank you and praise you for our steps being ordered before you, Father. We thank you for the testimonies that you've given us. We thank you for all that you're going to touch in the world. There's somebody here, Father, that wants you and wants more of you, but they're afraid. And we just ask you, Lord, that we bind the fear that's hindering them because of the circumstance that they may be feeling. You will be set free. Keep inclining your ear to his word. Keep inclining your ear to his word. We thank you, Jesus. Finally, brethren, uh, therefore, uh, be steadfast and immovable. The Lord is going to always abound you and always abound you, knowing that your labor is not in vain. And we thank you, Father, for that. We praise you, Father, for giving us this time to, to touch others. And we ask you, Lord, that you continue to move by your spirit. We praise you and we thank you. Amen and amen. 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 I just, I just feel like we need to have church. We have some church. Are we on? There we are. I just feel like we need to have some church in here. What do you think? You good? Just, just take five seconds just to thank God. Just thank, give him a hand clap of praise. Just thank God for five seconds. Brought you through another week. You didn't know if you were going to wake up this morning, but here you are in the house of God. Getting ignited. Getting ignited.
Love the word. Love the word. Well, the last guy. The last guy on the list today. I've just got to know him just over the last couple weeks. See, there's a group of guys. We get together every Tuesday morning for coffee at 6 a.m. just to talk about the word, talk about our family, to pray together. And uh, this guy decided, man, I'm going to start hanging out with these dudes. And I'm glad that he did because he brings some word. And he is, this is so cool, he is the assistant coach of our Erie Otters. Love me some hockey. Would you please welcome my very good friend, Vince Lacey. Free season tickets for everybody. As you know, I'm obviously from Canada, and no, we do not live in igloos. <laughs> and no, we do not eat poutine for breakfast every day. If you do not know what that is, please look it up because it's fantastic. But yes, we do play hockey. I was really fortunate enough to grow up in Toronto and have a lot of development opportunities played at some high-level uh, travel teams, junior teams, and I was lucky enough to get a, a Division I hockey scholarship at the University of Maine and then went on to play a minor pro career in the IHL. And now, like you've been told, I get uh, the privilege of coaching in this community, um, and that's a blessing. Um, my life's ambition and goal has been to play in the National Hockey League and now coach. I remember growing up and... There was so much freedom and love that I had for the game. The cold mornings, the way my nose would be frozen off. I love the air conditioning up here, by the way. It's real cold, so it's good. <clears throat> the way my skates felt on my feet. The way the puck felt in my hands. The way scoring goals made me feel something good. The way people smashing into me felt normal. I don't know if that's a thing or not with anyone else, but for me, it felt all right. Um, the camaraderie, the competing of it all. In middle school and high school, I noticed that people would say and identify me, whether it's my school teachers or uh, my family members or even myself, be like, there's Vince, there's the hockey player, there's the hockey guy. And you know, you do like a, a project or something, you'd have to get up and describe yourself. And all I had was, I'm a hockey player. That's it. That's all I had. And it was very shallow. And the identity was just wrapped into that. As I progressed and I started to move upward in the game and I was really wrapped up in accumulation of wealth, of contracts, of producing those types of advancements and achievements for myself. I truly justified who I was by how well I performed. It was a winning at all costs mentality. And when I mean winning at all costs, I was willing to get rid of family members, loved ones, my friends. If you were in the way, I was going through it. It's a very selfish ambition. Championships started to feel like I was attacked with an addictive nature, chasing the next win, the next victory, the next triumph. I was always seeking that to fill myself up with. 
everything was fine when I was winning because I knew who I was in that. But when I was losing, I was filled with anger, bitterness, resentment, and not just to other people, but myself. It was in a destructive manner. Anger then became what motivated me to be successful because that worked. I would dig in. I'd be like, I'm going to get real mad here. And it would generate some type of toxic energy to get me to get what I wanted. I needed to fill myself up with winning. I don't know if anybody knows or not, but there's 68 games in a hockey season, regular season. You could lose for an extended period of time. That's a long time to feel like not good. And I started to cope with alcohol. I started to abuse that because the load that that felt on me was just too heavy to bear. And that's when things really went sideways in my life and that foundation became broken. We needed to win. I remember we needed to win this big weekend series and jobs are on the line, contracts are on the line. It's heavy. And... I didn't come home for three straight days. I didn't, my wife didn't know where I was. My parents didn't know where I was. I locked myself in that room to fill all that up. Now, I'm a little ashamed to say this, but my girlfriend, now wife, Annie, who, thank the Lord, he's forgiven me and same as she has for these things, but... I once told her that my career would be more important than our relationship. And I probably didn't even need to say that because working 80 hours a week and not coming home for three straight days and not being sober, missing birthdays and dinners probably said enough. And how many of us here today can say some of that by our actions? God brought Annie into my life she was the one who recommended that we go to church. She's the one who bought me my first and last book, the Holy Bible. Hey, Amen. Feel that? I remember the first church service we went to, and it had been like 20 years prior to that. And everyone has their hands up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm like, what is going on in here? It was unbelievable. And I just kept coming back. But I began to weep every time, and I didn't know what was happening. What I do now now is that the Holy Spirit was working in my heart to take away that hardness and free me and place my identity. God was building an identity in Christ, and that is everlasting. That foundation is everlasting. <laughs> Through that process, things, my bondage was released right away was not drinking. I haven't drank in three and a half years. Praise the Lord. I used to judge people by production. And now Christ is showing me how to lead with love like he's done for me. Things that have taken a little longer, what God's definition of successes versus what I think is success and trusting in that. God's building up a new character inside of me, new reference points to live by. It used to be make the, have ambitions and goals and dreams to make the NHL for my selfish ambitions. 
and now to make have those goals and ambitions to make the NHL for God. Here's what I've learned. It's good to have goals and ambitions and want to achieve something. But lay your foundation and your identity in Christ, and that will last forever. So what I know, if I wouldn't have chosen Christ, I would have lived a disobedient, sinful, broken life. And I wouldn't be here talking to you today, that's for sure. But now that I have chosen identity in Christ, I get a chance to live a fulfilled life of peace, hope, and endurance. Ultimate freedom in Christ. And I get the chance to live as God wants me to live and the father and husband as he sees it. Thank you. question after all you've heard this morning we mentioned it earlier the one resounding thing is his name Jesus I just wonder do you know your identity have you lost your identity have you lost that spark or that fire trying to desperately get it back because you don't know where you're, the situation that you're in you don't know how you got there maybe this is a day that you might need to do like Aaron did and get on your knees and just say God what, what, what are we doing or maybe maybe you're rolling through life and it's, it's like an accident and, and your life is rolling and rolling and rolling like, like Ethan, Ethan's story and you just need to cry out Jesus Maybe it's filling your life with the word like on a lean to get closer to him. Let's just take a moment, just close our eyes, bow our heads and close our eyes. Nobody looking around. I don't know your situation. I don't know why you're here. I don't know what's going on, but I just feel that God is speaking to someone and God wants to change somebody's circumstance into what he has for you. And if that's you, just be bold enough to raise your hand over this auditorium. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. It's not important that I see you, but what's important is that God sees you. Go ahead and put your hands down. Just just say this with in the entire church. Just say these, these words with me. Just say, Jesus. I am broken and I am in need of you. Jesus, right now, would you come into my life, into my heart? I need to receive you as my Savior in my circumstance. I believe that you are the Son of God and that God raised you from the dead and you are alive right now, living in me now.
I receive you, Jesus. I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with those who said that. Now, if you said that prayer, just get your phone or the other prayer team will be up here. You can connect with them. You can get your phone. You can text yes to Jesus to 97,000. We want to come alongside you. We want to help disciple you. We want to pray with you. We want to help you through this. Here's one thing you need to know. In this church, you are not alone. You are not going to go through anything alone. We love you. We will come and pray with you. Whatever it is, we will seek God together to find out what it is he has for you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you, and just keep coming back.